Welcome to Unlocking Brand, a part of Siegel & Gale's podcast series. Here, our global brand experts host live case studies, deliver actionable insights, and answer key questions on the topics that matter to brand marketers today. In this episode, our president for the Pacific Rim, Jason Cislack, and our group director of naming, Aaron Hall, are joined by Maurice Jones, CEO of 110, to discuss the brand's evolution and how we partnered with the coalition to help brand the promise of economic empowerment for black talent in America. Good morning and good afternoon, everybody. And thank you for joining us all today. I'm Jason Cieslack and I'm the president of Siegel and Gale. And I look after our offices on the West Coast as well as Asia Pacific. And I'm gonna be playing the role of moderator for today's discussion. This is our latest iteration of Siegel and Gale's Unlocking Brand. It's our virtual event series where our brand consultants get paired with industry leading clients to share actionable insights, host live case studies, answer key questions, and address the topics that matter most to brand marketers today. In each episode, we unlock one topic ranging from things like brand purpose and design to researcher naming or employee or customer experiences. So we're glad that you've carved out some time to join us today. Uh, first off, I'm joined today by Maurice Jones. Maurice is the CEO of 110. 110 is both a movement and a coalition that brings together business leaders committed to upskilling, hiring, and promoting 1 million Black Americans over the next 10 years into family-friendly, family-sustaining jobs with real opportunities for advancement. Maurice is a seasoned leader, prominent social advocate whose breadth and depth of experience is equally matched by a passion for driving social change, economic justice, and creating a more equitable society. I can't think of a better person to lead 110 in its very important mission. Uh, and I'll tell you now, 110 is an important opportunity for each and every one of you who is attending this morning or this afternoon uh, to be involved with, because the coalition being assembled is impressive. And I'm certain Maurice will uh, provide some more details later about how you might be able to be involved. So Maurice, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Also joining Maurice is Aaron Hall. Aaron leads naming here at Siegel and Gale and has built a career out of helping some of the world's best brands navigate the very tricky waters of corporate and brand naming. He's equally skilled at developing clear and breakthrough names as he is consulting with clients about why not to name something. His humility and expertise make him a wonderful consultant to his clients and an important figure here at our organization. So Aaron, thank you for joining us today as well. Thanks. Maurice and Aaron are going to lead an in-depth conversation that will explore the creation, the evolution, and the future of the 110 organization. You'll hear about the inception of the brand, Maurice's journey with 110, what's important when you have multiple distinct audiences, and how the 110 brand interacts with a variety of co-branded partners to amplify its message. And this is a critical sort of brand nuance because coalition building approach that 110 is taking. So with that, Aaron and Maurice. You guys want to take it away? Yeah. Thanks for joining us today. We wanted to start off just with a question, taking the slides down so we can see your face again, just about what, you know, tell us a little bit about your journey about supporting black talent that, you know, across the years that, that led you to this role at 110. Sure. Well, nice to be with you, Aaron. If you look at my journey, you know, it starts as a little black boy in a small town in, uh, Kenbridge, Virginia, being raised by grandparents, one of whom was born in 1914, the other born in 1918. And that experience, both of whom, by the way, for really relevant to 110, 
neither of whom had a four-year degree. In fact, they were really locked out of four-year degree opportunities because of their race, where country was with respect to its uh, race journey at that time. So my experience with of race and equity and credentials and opportunities starts with my household that I was raised in. And then, you know, it follows from there throughout college. And then when I got into the workforce, I ended up uh, spending a couple of tours of duty through state government in Virginia, my home state, a couple of tours of duty in federal government. And I was working on housing issues, opportunity or access to jobs issues, uh, pushing issues with respect to access to education, all of those professional journeys as well contributed to my of there is genius everywhere in all shapes, sizes, and colors. What's missing is opportunity. And what 110 is about actually catalyzing opportunity so that that genius can be unleashed for the benefit of families across the country, the corporate community, and most especially the American, uh, the American experiment that we're all trying to contribute to, we're all trying to protect. So I would tell you that my journey to 110 started when I was three months old and I went to live with my grandparents in a small rural town in Virginia. And, uh, and that journey continues. Well, very inspiring to hear about your journey, but I just want to say personally how inspired I am by 110 and also since you've joined your role and every word you've spoken has affected my understanding of the world and the country. So I just wanted to say thank you for all of that. And we'll get to some more slides and questions here. Give me a second. All right. Appreciate you all. So I wanted to share a little story for those listening. <laughs> we got a call, I believe it was on a Friday late at night or a Saturday morning. Jason got an email or a call from one of our former colleagues who, who was working at Bain and said, we have this really great project and it needs a brand, but right away it needs a name. Can you help? And uh, he told us a little bit about it. He called it Surge. Later when we got a PDF or a PowerPoint, we saw this acronym and they said, we need help naming it because this isn't doing anything for us. And I believe, and again, the fact that I can't exactly remember all these is exactly why they needed a name, but Coalition for Equal Oper Employment or, or, or Employment Equity and Racial Justice, I believe. But that's the exact point, right? Not, not exactly the easiest name to say, not quite rallying people around it. So we said, absolutely. When do we start? I think we started Monday uh, after that, um, uh, from that weekend call. We were excited. I was excited. So we jumped in and developed the name. And as, as we were developing the name, some uh, one of your colleagues there uh, said, do you do other stuff? <laughs> so, well, yes, we do. So we ended up working toward a, a sort of December launch, soft launch. We developed a name, a, a story or manifesto, this logo and visual, uh, a visual identity and helped with the website. So, you know, as you were considering and in conversations with the group to, to, to come on as a CEO was, as you saw some of these things rolling out, were there any initial elements that sparked your interest and said, yeah, that, that actually looks pretty good. It makes me want to be, be part of this. 
Well, it's funny because when the headhunter first called me about this opportunity, the name was Surge that was being used. And one of the queries I I put in front of the headhunter was, what's up with the name? And the headhunter said, the name's being changed. It's going to be changed. And I said, that's great because this Surge thing, that is just, for a lot of reasons, that does not work. Uh, but I will tell you, when I had follow-up conversations and the headhunter said, yes, the name has been changed to 110, I thought that was brilliant. I mean, I it was so compelling and it's so succinct, yet it's so simple. You know, we're about hiring and promoting a million black talent without four-year degrees into family-sustaining jobs over the next 10 years. So that 110, that really just captures it. It captures a lot of it. I was quite impressed that we were working with talent like you all who could actually, if you will, develop a product, a brand, a name that is that compelling. So that moved me. That definitely moved me. Hey, I mean, agreed when I, you know, we showed your 30 options when we presented, and this one was the overwhelming favorite. I mean, it just landed, right? When you find a name like that, two short syllables, English words that absolutely captures your mission, right? It was really rare to see five board members who all have very strong opinions to rally around one name. I'm not sure that's happened in my life, my career, this book. But it really speaks to the power of that name, you know. And so I'm, I'm, I brought up the, the initial website here. Was there anything when when you saw this launch, which I think in December, as part of that that big uh, press movement in December? Um, what did you think when you saw sort of the initial web? The look at feel. Yeah, you know, I there were a number of things that jumped out at me. The biggest piece that jumped out at me, though, I think was the real strong message that this was a team sport, mm-hmm. that 110 had a corporate community that was part of the organization, a talent developer community, black talent, and that you know 110 spoke to the power of this team to transform things. So I was quite taken with the boldness of the messaging, but also the sense of collective action needed to be successful in achieving this bold mission. All of that comes through in the branding here, in the naming, in the photography and the design uh, around this. Uh, it really, uh, it really, it, it moved me. It was compelling. It to, is compelling. To that, to that point, I remember when we wrote the early draft of the story, you see some of it parsed out here in these different pieces. And and we just put in a, a placeholder line, together we are 110. And again, it was another one of those moments that exactly like you said, people say, right, because we are coming together. It's the power of us together that makes 110 possible. So to your point, there was a lot in these this early work for December that that just really hit the, hit the right chord. So we also developed the brand strategy, right? So a more robust story to talk to more of your audiences, some key pillars or themes. 
And then, of course, personality audiences. This is stuff that you'll be using as you as you develop and you really start to reach out into different audiences. But I was curious about the strategy and especially the themes uh, that we have here. These pillars shatter the status quo, champion black talent, unite for equitable future. I mean, these were things we worked with on you. And I remember our first draft, you said, can you dial them up? Can you make them bolder? Can, can you talk to us a little bit about those themes and and that the process we got to get there, like what, how you felt when you saw the, the sort of end product here. Yeah. I, I mean, I, again, you all worked your magic and look, I particularly wanted the strong message that this is about change. This is about transformation that we will not achieve our ultimate ambitions without change change coming from all stakeholders, right? The corporate community, the talent developer community, black talent, the country. And so this, you know, shattering the status quo piece was a very important component for me. Uh, likewise, equally wanted to make sure people, we were unabashed and unabashedly saying, look, we are focusing on black talent. We know that if we solve issues for black talent, we will be impacting the entire population of the country. And so I wanted to make sure that that focus was something that we put out front. And then I also wanted to make sure that people understood that this was about something bigger than black talent, that this was about how we unite to form a more perfect union, to really, really continue the work of, you know, infusing equity in the American journey. And so those pillars to me all were important pillars that, you know, we wrestled with, with you all. and. And you uh, came back with, uh, I thought, just, you know, the wording here that was simple and powerful and elegant and poetic. And that's what, you know, that's what we're looking for here. Definitely remember us having conversations about big change by focusing on Black talent to lead to this future, right? These pillars take us on that journey. Is there anything or, or talk to us a little about how you feel this strategy, the story, these pillars and themes sets your brand up to grow and evolve? Because we know it will. Ten years is a long time. Um, how do you see this helping you kind of evolve as your, your, your organization evolves? Yeah, it will evolve. I do think this fundamental pillar of transformation and that if we really want to get a different result, you know, I, I hate to... Uh, it, it's the old famous song. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at your look at your face and change. Right, take a look in the mirror and change. That's what this is all about. We have to change. So I think these these pillars, as we evolve, will still remain guiding principles, guiding aspirations guiding our behavior as we attempt to navigate uh, the waters that we will navigate and make this a more equitable and make this a, a place with more justice uh, in, in its DNA. So, you know, as we were talking about these pillars, we, we wanted pillars that, that actually 
had lasting effect, had sustainability to them. And I, and I think these are, are definitely ones that, um, that will prove to, to have those things. That's great to hear because as the actions you take change over time, as you have, you know, you may reach your goal early or, or whatever it is, you may go into different markets than planned. The, the fundamental ways and, and things you stand for, like you said, hopefully stay the same. And so we're glad that we've we landed on one collab collaboratively, right? Like this was a, a joint yeah. um, task to come to these. One of the most interesting tasks or parts of this challenge for, for us, for, for me and us was this, um, that the audiences, right? You had mm. perhaps the most distinct audiences I've ever <laughs> led a project around. And it, it was fascinating. We learned so much, but, but, you know, we had to like go back and get new, some, some existing data on black talent. We, we interviewed a bunch of uh, talent developers, some employers, you know, I think in the end you helped us add community, ad, community advocates in the public sector as audiences. So we had to do some deep dives there. It was fascinating to, to really <laughs> find a message, find a, broad, a brand platform and some messaging that can speak to all of these in their unique and distinct ways. What were some of the, the challenges or, or highlights, I should say, uh, both as we develop these, these different messages for these different audiences? Like, how, What were some of your observations? Yeah, you know, I think it goes back to a comment we, we um, surfaced earlier. My big takeaway here is that this is a team sport. And, you know, that team includes black talent. It includes the employers that, that have jobs and promotion opportunities. It, it includes those that are in the business of preparing talent to be competitive. It also includes those folks in the community that we need to build trusting relationships with who are advocates on behalf of black talent, who are also places that will allow us to be in constant conversation, dialogue and partnership with black talent. And then we've got to have the public sector and the philanthropic sector at the table with us. This has to be public and private. And so, you know, the question for us was advising a message that could speak to all of those audiences that could be believed by all of those audiences uh, and that could be passionately subscribed to by all of those audiences. That's tricky, but <laughs> I think we've got a compelling value proposition for all of those audiences. And I think is clear that for us to be successful, we need all of those audiences to be all in. And so mm. I'm uh, quite pleased with, uh, with, uh, with where we are on this journey, right? Great. Let's talk a little bit about Black talent as an audience, because one of the things that was so interesting as we were learning is they've been burned before, right? By, by similar groups, similar initiatives. Mostly they get trained and then there's no real opportunity served up to them, right? So they get these skills and then where's the jobs, right? So, so how do you feel the brand and, and the messaging and the visual, all of it has really taken a different approach to communicating with Black talent this time to, to yeah. ensure that trust? Well, first of all, we're coming at this on the branding side from the perspective of jobs first, right? That mm -hmm. we are definitely talking about real 
quality jobs, jobs that pay living wages, jobs that are not are, are not on the verge of being automated, jobs that don't require a four-year degree. So we wanted to make sure that we promised that piece, you know, without any qualifications to uh, Black talent. We also wanted to make sure that we were saying to black talent, we know you're great. We know that you have genius. We know that you can actually improve and refine these companies who have these jobs and the larger community. This is about partnership. This is about removing barriers, visible and invisible, that are actually standing in the way of your being able to make the contribution that we know uh, you can make. And so we wanted to make sure that the messaging here also was not about, okay, this is something we're doing for black talent. No, this is us getting rid of those things that are keeping black talent on the sideline and thus adversely impacting the prospects for all of us. We wanted to make sure, as you know, that that we really landed those messages. And that was the spirit and tone of our messaging with respect to um, uh, the Black community and Black talent in particular. Yeah, that's been the most inspiring part for me building this brand is that there's a real there there for the talent, right? You, mm -hmm. <laughs> we're going to train you, we're going to set you up for success. And then there are real jobs and then we're going to help right. develop and get you promoted while you're there. And all of that is just um, what feels so different this time. And I'm, I'm glad the brand brings that out. About those audiences, <laughs> one of the interesting and, and fun pieces of this too is the, the co-branding work we did mm -hmm. with you. So if you are truly building a coalition and it's not just of CEOs and companies, but it's of trained partners and advocates and et cetera, et cetera, we needed a way for them to signal that, right? Visually, verbally. And so we worked on this co-branding strategy to serve up some visual badges, some messages that they can use. How would they say I'm, I'm part of 110, depending on the group? This was a very interesting co-branding challenge for me to experience and our team to work on. Was there anything unique um, that you felt about the trying to create a consistent message and yet unique <laughs> and distinct for each, each audience as we yeah, do. You know, I think what we wanted to do with this co-branding piece was to convey at one and the same time, partnership, leadership, and alliance. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that was the tricky part of the of the co-branding piece here. We need a ton, a ton of alliances, right? We need a ton of partnerships. We need to also be leaders in the space, be in the position of pushing all of us. And so I love the co-branding opportunity. It continues to convey the fact that to be successful here requires a team. Uh, it also continues to convey this notion of, you know, we are one and we are pursuing ultimately a unified 
um, cause that we are passionate about, and all of us have a role to play. So it was, uh, it, again, tricky, but, but <laughs> quite inspiring to see where we land with you, uh, with you all's guidance on this. Yeah, and one aspect I found really nice was that there, by, by creating distinct co-branding look and feels and messages, it still created a consistent feel, right? So, so the brand isn't getting diluted and chopped up and used by different people by, by proactively providing all your different audiences. Here's the way you talk about being part of our group, right? Here's visual images you use. It just sets out an, an initial consistency that gives the brand even more power. Yeah, I love that consistency. Love that. So visual identity, as, as you know, visual identity contains a lot of things, right? It's more than just the logo, which I love, but font, color, photography, and, and so much more. I, I know my design colleagues are going to say, wait, you forgot six other things. Uh, <laughs> but is there anything in particular that you felt as you see this visual identity and the guidelines and the, all the pieces that really stands out to differentiate 110 from other similar organizations or previous organizations? Well, I certainly believe that the visual pieces connote, again, this very clear message that we're focusing on Blacktown. I think also the visual pieces, I think the colors connote, you know, energy, boldness, the multiplicity of folks that need to be at the table with us. I think the visual pieces really, really capture those and put those things in front of folks. And, um, and it catches you, it catches you visibly uh, or from the standpoint of your vision senses. But I think it also, you know, this is my bias. I think it uh, really does try to speak to the head and the heart and the soul as well. And, you know, that's the idea here. Let's move those things so we move folks to action here that's what i think yeah i think you all have uh, done very nicely yeah it feels like it dials up some things you you care a lot about which is boldness and warmth right yes um, and this visual identity brings both of those forward in in such a different way than i've seen before that it felt like it just really hit some of your your most important messages that you care so much about yeah yeah no you, you got to have the heart in there and yet you yeah. got to have the boldness in there so I just want to ask my last question as we have our end of our part of the conversation, which is, you know, we've been working with you to build all these elements to launch your first key markets. If we think ahead a little bit to the end of year two, what do you hope that 110 has accomplished and that the brand has empowered you to accomplish by that end of that second year? I hope we have thousands of people in jobs and in receiving promotion opportunities. I hope we have and certainly anticipate that we will have a, a matching or an ecosystem built from employer to talent developer to talent to wraparound or talent supports, both virtually through a technology platform and also face-to-face -face in multiple markets uh, around the country. And lastly, for me, and that we're on track to really attracting hundreds of employers and talent developers and thousands of black talent to this effort. We accomplish those things by the end of year two, 
I will be quite pleased with the trajectory that we're, we will be on at that point. And um, I'm going to do everything I can with teammates and colleagues to get us there. Well, so will we. We're, we're not only rooting for you, we're here to, to help you in any way possible via the brand to, to help you achieve those goals. Because we are, as, as I've said earlier, I am so inspired by this work as is all of Siegel and Gale. So as you're working toward it, we're going to be right there with you. Appreciate that. Definitely appreciate it. On that note, I'm going to turn it over to Jason to, to ask some questions, field some questions from the audience, et cetera. So I'm going to stop sharing here. Thank you guys both. That was terrific. I guess I'll just kind of kick things off. You know, it's interesting to see, Maurice, there, obviously there was a lot of people and a good report with our team working with your organization, and a lot of excitement. You know, I'm just kind of curious hearing from the both of you, you know, what have been some of the key learnings from this journey? Because it, it's, it started at nothing, a real powerful idea, but now you're getting and building traction. It'd be kind of curious to see, like, what, what do you both, what's the big takeaway here from your journey so far? I'll go first, if, if that makes sense. We hit on one of the takeaways for me, which is the, to be bold, you have to, it's not a transaction. You have to strive for boldness all the time, right? You have to just push, push when it comes to boldness in your messaging, push when it comes to boldness in your aspirations, push when it comes to boldness in acting and being urgent and, and having speed that this, you know, this us aspiration to be bold is really about incorporating boldness as a way of life that that creates everything you do, including your branding. And, you know, we had to make sure as we were developing this messaging together, you know, Aaron and I and, and the rest of the team, we had to constantly say, okay, being bold enough here we pushing like we wanted to and um our asking ourselves that question i think led to a better product at the end of the day so that's been a big lesson for me there is no one time boldness right yeah. boldness is a way of life building on your note one common easy way simple way to speak to so many diverse audiences is to go a little more neutral, right? It, it speaks to more people. And, and I think you're right. It was a, a good, important reminder to say we, we can still be bold and speak to all of them. My learning uh, or lesson from, from this whole project since October or November when we started was, Maurice, you said it takes a team, right? It take, we, together, it, it's uniting us to work together, all of these different people. Well, even the teams building the brand, right? And, and I would name them, but I would forget so many of them. But but I'll say a few, Bridgespan and Bain and BPI and, and, and Teneo, like it was sleeves rolled up. We were, we were just friends and partners building this together in such a powerful way. Like uh, people would throw out ideas and, and challenge things, but also like provide new ideas, things. I remember saying on one of our status calls and I said, you know, look, <laughs> weekly status calls can really be a, a drag, right? Like you got six or eight of them throughout a week. I said to that to them, I said, but I look forward to this weekly status call every week because we're all here together. We're all working towards something amazing. And the camaraderie and the, and the commitment to this common goal 
was unique. Like I, it really made me excited every single week to be talking to these folks with the same goal, the same bold spirit to really make change. So that was a really powerful piece for me. Okay. You know, I, this next question I think is from Maurice and thinking a little bit about you're out talking to a lot of people now about the organization. They're seeing the brand. How have people responded both to the mission of what you're trying to accomplish at 110, but also sort of the reaction about how it manifests itself through the brand? You know, I think uh, Aaron hit on what I think is the reaction that I'm getting in overwhelming passion, which is goodwill. The goodwill that I am being treated in multiple audiences has been so inspiring and energized. It makes me want to get up the next day and, you know, and better than I did the day before. So, so far, the response to this has been overwhelmingly supportive and people saying, hey, how can we um, because this is important. And that's the second piece of, I think, that I would uh, share with you is people believe, as I believe, that this matters. This enterprise, this journey, this effort really is about something that's important and for all of us. And I get that feedback over and over again. This is important. I want to help. Mm -hmm. So, though, and that's the same feeling I got from collection of folks that Aaron and I, and I participated in, uh, in this branding exercise. People, they showed up every time and they invest themselves with, without inhibition. And you could see that they believe that this mattered. That's good stuff. That's good. That's great. So this next question I'm going to direct towards Maurice because, you know, your founding members and board, it's a who's who of corporate America. I mean, true titans of industry, people who have built and led some of the world's most powerful organizations. Can you talk a little bit about the role they've played in shaping the brand and ultimately 110 from an idea to what it is today. They are hands on, right? Without doubt. And they, uh, you know, it was the, the vision for this, the concept itself started with the CEOs, in particular, you know, Ken Frazier and Jenny Rometty and Ken Chenault and Ken Sharon Charles, and mobilized their friends, right? And Folks have been from day one, hands-on, uh, doing whatever they could do to be helpful in launching us and making commitments, commitments of resources, commitments of jobs, commitment of their talent prizes work on this. And, you know, all the branding pieces, I mean, these are all things that they have taken a special interest in and attributed. So, yeah, this is a hands-on board. There's no question about that. <laughs> That's great. That's great. You know, I'll direct the next question to Aaron. Uh, can you talk a little bit about, you know, a lot of our clients tend to be big 
hulking Fortune 5000 kind of companies, right? A lot of the, you know, the kinds of board members uh, that 110 has. Can you talk about what it's like to work with a company that's so early stage? Yeah, I would say this might be the earliest stage company I've ever named. I mean, it was an idea before there was an LLC, right? It was just so early and in a way, the, the most inspiring part or exciting part was that the, the name and the brand could also hand in hand help shape the company, right? And shape where it was headed. Sometimes a lot of that's already baked in, even in the startup world, a lot of those things have been decided. So as you're building the brand, you get to pivot as new things, new decisions are made or new ideas come into the fold of how the brand or the product, the, the company is going to roll out and, and execute. New research was coming in all the time from the different groups who were conducting it. So it really was a unique experience to be able to build a name and a brand collaboratively as it was the pro the company itself was evolving. Yeah. Very exciting and different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a startup startup, I think is probably a good way to, to categorize that. <laughs> now, Maurice, uh, 2021, it's a big year for the organization, right? You've got some launch markets that you're going to be targeting. You want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah, we've got a handful more launch markets. Um, this month, so is first of the game we're moving from there to us. We are at work in the greater Minneapolis, St. Paul area. Uh, we've got efforts uh, also uh, in uh, Raleigh. So I expect um, we're looking in the in the northeast at the uh, New York on the sort of tri-state area. I expect all of those places be places where we will be uh, this year. In addition to that, though, the technology platform that I'm in will actually enable us to work virtually across the country that our, our employers have jobs in. So I expect 2021 a uh, huge year it's both on the ground and technological sense. And so in that technology, problem, that launches in July. So sleep is not one of those words we use very often. <laughs> and so it's a lot of fun. It's, I think, you know, uh, we're all very excited about seeing you start to bring all of this to the world. And so it's a very exciting time. Uh, obviously, 2021 is a big year. We do have a couple of questions that have come in from some of the attendees. First one, I'm going to direct to Maurice. Somebody asked a question about what are the requirements to become a talent developer partner? Yeah, so we are endorsing talent developers and we have a process that we will engage uh, in with a talent developer. We at your track record with respect to serving black talent black talent who don't have we look at the kinds of springs you have or can develop uh, we look at your track record with respect to getting black talent and into quality jobs we look at the and promotion opportunity so it's interesting us looking at them as a talent partner they can go up on website at 110.org and let us know and send me an email directly at maurice.jones at 110.org make sure that we get you in 
We need as many talent developer partners as we can uh, aggregate. So I appreciate that question. You got it. That was maurice.jones at 110.org. Yeah, um, that's it. Great. So uh, another question came in from one of the attendees and again, directed to Maurice. What's the biggest challenge you're currently facing as you rally all of these different stakeholders and how do you hope to address it? Because you're speaking yeah, to a I, lot of people. You know, I once heard somebody say, um, we are shaped by our experience, but we are defined by our expectations, right? Expectations for us are the biggest challenge. We have to get some wind on the board quickly so that these expectations that we are in part, you know, creating ourselves so that people believe that the promises we're making, that we have the capacity to keep. So mm. I am delighted we're getting the technology platform. I'm delighted that we're getting higher this month because we need to show wins, I believe, continue to build the confidence that we need from all of these stakeholders. Stay at this for 10 years. Mind, we're not asking someone to, hey, uh, this is what we want you to do in 2021, or this is what we want you to do in 2022. We're saying 10 years. Be faithful to this journey for 10 years. In order to inspire that kind of faithfulness, we got to show some wins. So <laughs> what I'm feeling most, uh, if well, uh, the most eagerness right now. So, Maurice, when you probably first joined the organization, the coalition was smaller. Can you talk about now, like how many members are a part of the coalition? Because it, it yeah. is a very impressive group of companies. When I started, we were at about 37 companies that had endorsed eight developers. We're now at 50 companies and still growing. And we've got some exciting, exciting opportunities within that. And we have plus 10 already endorsed developers and they're considering 20 more right now at this time. So the growth has been pretty dramatic. We need it to be dramatic, right? A million, 10 years, we will need a huge action demand and supply and, and repairs. So as I say, there is no sleeping right now at all because this is where we need to be. Yeah. Well, I think unless there's any other questions from any of the attendees, Maurice, I, I wanted to ask you because look, you're, you are building a coalition is hard and you know, there are lots of constituents you need to engage. And since you may have some future coalition members in our audience today, is there anything you'd like to say to them? This is a problem that we can solve. It's also a problem that matters in the country. What you see today is if you could just pay 70,000 or more, 79% of those require for you. If you look 40,000 or more, 71% of them will require a four-year degree. You look at talent, 76% of us do not have a four-year degree. And by the way, that number is 56% for the 
labor force in general. We have got to get rid of this barrier to the middle class. By what we do that, we do it at scale, we will make this a better country in which to live, work, raise a family, business. So we need more partners uh, on this journey. It goes without saying for everybody who's uh, participating or attending today, your passion for what you're doing is palpable. The cause is really important. And we're really grateful for you to share that with us. Just to close, I just want to say a few comments. I, I know as a leader in our own organization that we're on our own diversity and inclusion path. I know I speak when I say this, we found our experience partnering and learning from 110 to be truly enlightening and helping to shape a lot of how we see things. Uh, it's helped helped us to make our own priorities, define some of our actions. And through that, I think we've made some solid strides to be a more diverse and equitable organization. But you know, we know we're not perfect and nor are we even close to being done. But we're grateful that organizations like 110 push us to raise the bar and discover what we can be and what we should be striving for. I'd encourage all of you to reach out to Maurice or team at Siegel and Gale will we'll be glad to direct you to the appropriate contact to learn more about how you can be a part of this amazing coalition. Thank you to our panelists and thank you for everybody joining us today. Have a good one. Stay well. Thank you for listening. You can learn more about our work and read our thought leadership on SiegelGale.com. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen. While you're at it, leave us a review. See you next time.